Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Uh, as the offerings being taken, I want to uh, just encourage you to continue to give as you've been going. We have a faithful membership here has been given. A lot of things have been happening. We feed hundreds of families every Saturday morning. Amen. Uh, the soup kitchen, uh, people don't like that word, the free breakfast. Uh, we went from one day to three days now. Amen. We're going to prayerfully go from three days to five days. Providing free a breakfast for the community, amen. So, we want to thank you for that, amen. Yeah, we we applaud we applaud the Lord and we applaud you because um, you know, not, not everywhere you go, people are such generous with their giving, and we, we have a generous bunch, and we're very grateful for that. And a lot of lives are being touched as a result, amen. Um, I want to let me tell you a story, a quick story, real quick. Uh, it's, we call this an icebreaker, all right. So, if you're ever going to preach or teach. <laughs> These, these two guys are in recovery, right? Christians in recovery. And um, they're running buddies. Me and Pastor Other have been running buddies for over 22 years. And um, so they're running buddies. And, they, you know, at the diner one day, they said, you know, I wonder if there's meetings in heaven. You know, I wonder how many different 12-step fellowships they are. I wonder, you know. And he said, man, that's a good question. I hope there's meetings. You know, I love meetings. I hope there's meetings in heaven. And uh, he says, one of them passes away. One of them dies, right? So, one night, the one who lived is, is, is sleeping, and, and the one comes to him in a, in a dream. And he says, yo, check it out. I got good news, and I got bad news. Which one would you like first? And the guy, he says, the guy says you know, you want the bad news? He says, no, tell me the good news first. I want, let me get good news first. He says, well, there's meetings in heaven. There's only one fellowship. We're all united. We're all in one accord. You know, we have powerful meetings, powerful speakers, and it's great the meetings are in heaven. He says, that's wonderful. He says, what's the bad news? He says, you're speaking tomorrow. You know? <laughs> so, so, uh, and maybe not so good. Amen? <laughs> so, uh, a new series, and it's called I Share. I Share. Amen? It's called I Share, and the reason we're talking about I Share because we want you to share. Amen? We want to be people that share. Amen? Uh, we want to be able to share the gospel, share the good news, share what Christ has done in our lives. We want to be able to share, you know, uh, what God is doing, what God has done. We want to be able to talk to people about what God has been doing in our lives. It's important, you know, when you got something as good as this that you're able to, you know, to, to, to share with other people, to transmit it, to communicate it. With other people, especially those that you love. Amen. So we're doing this I Share uh, three-week series, and then we're going straight into Easter. Amen. So uh, I'm going to come out, out of John chapter 9. I want to read verses 1 through 7. And in this church, what we do is we like to stand to read God's Word, because it's God's Word. You know, we want to honor God and have reverence. Um, so if you would just stand with us, we greatly would appreciate it. It's in, if you can't see it up here, it's in your, bu- it's in your bulletins. Amen. John chapter 9. We're going to read it together, amen? First seven verses, John 9. You ready? Here we go. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. 
As long as it is day, we must do the works of Him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Amen. Here in, in John chapter 9, we have Jesus walking and, 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 and this characteristic of Jesus, where, wherever he's going, many times in the Bible, it says that he stopped and he saw someone and he was moved with compassion or full of compassion. And it says, you know, he saw sheep without shepherds. He saw a blind man. He saw a demon possessed. So Jesus walked around. And as he walked around, he wasn't just going and not caring. He was looking around. He saw what's going on in his environment. He saw this guy blind. And he stopped. And, you know, it's, it's very important that we understand and take this in. That thank God that he didn't walk by my life and walk by without noticing me. Thank God that, that somehow, somewhere, I can't really explain it. I, I, have, I have theories. I come from a mother who prayed. I have a praying mother. You know, and my, and my theory, one of my theories is, bless you, and one of my theories is that, you know, the, the whole bell system, you know, you know the, the, the big bells in some of these churches with the big ropes, right? So my theory is that I was a filthy, dirty drug addict, and I was running the streets of New York City, and I was chasing something that wasn't there, and I gave it all I had. And I had a mother who was desperate for her son to get free and delivered as a free from a drug, his drug addiction. And so she began praying. And in praying, she began to ring the bell and ring the bell. And she rang the bell so much and so often that God got tired of that bell ringing. He said, go get her son out of the crack house, please. You know? So, so that, that's, that's one of my theories. Another theory is that along with a praying mother, I had people who had a moment of silence and they prayed for sick and suffering addicts like me who was out there lost and bound. And that's enough. So, I, so I, I believe prayer is very powerful. Uh, uh, I would go as far as saying I, uh, prayer has the power to move the hand of God. Right? And so uh, this guy here, he's, he's, the Bible says that he's blind since birth. And this is something that's important. In, in this church, and, and, and I, I'm humbly proud. I don't know how you can say it. I'm humbly proud, you know, that in this church, we, we understand the Great Commission. That we're called to go make disciples. That that's the church's commission. It's not a suggestion. It's not if you'd like to. If you're a Christian, and you, especially in this church, this is our, our, our goal, our job, our objective, our purpose. To make disciples. It's not enough to share with someone that Jesus died on the cross. He loves you as a plan and a purpose for your life. And listen, man, all you got to do is open your heart, receive and believe, trust in God, and He should set you. That's wonderful. That's the beginning. But beyond that is... Take people from what we call at that moment when you receive and believe Jesus Christ, Lord, from spiritual infancy. Because you're a baby in the Lord. And you gotta get, you gotta get milk. And, and then you got, you know, you know the, you know the deal. So from, from a baby, from an infant, you go to adolescence. Right? And from adolescence, you grow into an adult. And from an adult, you grow into, and, and some of us have become parents. And then if you, you know, bless, you get, you become a, a grandparent, right? And we're going to leave it right there, but 
And of course, you know, the age thing there, we don't want, I don't know, too many want to be great grandparents too soon, amen? But some of them are. Some of you guys are already, and you get to do it over twice, praise the Lord. But, but my point is that in this church, we have a system. We have a, a system in place that will help you go from infancy to, right, to an adolescent, to, to an adult, to a parent. We have a system in place. You know, too many p- people, they get saved and they stay in infancy too long and they stay in adolescence too long and, and they don't, they grow up crooked. They don't grow up. Some people don't grow up. Some people are doing the same, the same year 15 times over. And they're not growing. And so in this church, we have a system which is very important. If you're not invo- involved in that, you want to get, in- you don't want to stay an immature Christian. You, you know, you want to grow in the Lord, you want to learn God's word, you want to do family, you want to do life together, you want to be able to hide the scripture in your heart and memorize it and know it. Okay, so why does that have to do with new sermon? Because when you, when we come up on a situation, like Jesus came up on a situation, you an infant cannot discern what's going on the way Jesus just discerned what's going on. Alright, an adolescent, too many times, they think they know it all. I mean, we have adolescents in your life. And they think they know it all. And, and so, so you got to be a little bit into adulthood where you have your spiritual disciplines down packed. We call them holy habits, right? And the, your prayer life is, is there. You, you pray regularly. You, have a, you pray without ceasing. You have an ongoing dialogue with God. You talk, He talks. You listen, He listens. You have a prayer life. you got a worship system going on in your life. You don't need a cheerleader. If you're going through drama, trial, you know how to throw your own worship party. You're your own worship leader. You know how to throw your own concerts for the Lord. That you know how to, and, and you know, so, so you, you can worship. You know the Word of God will never come to him with His lies. You already systematically been taught the Word of God. you got a scripture for this. you got a scripture for that. When the devil comes with this, you're ready for the. So when you gotta be in a, you gotta be mature spiritually to be able to discern what God is doing, not only in your life but in the lives of people around you. And Jesus was able to discern. He said, "Listen, this guy, right? Because they ask a question. They said, listen, is it, who sinned here? Because back in those days and still today, that there, there, it's possible that someone can be sick because of sin in their lives. All right. So, so they." So they said, who sinned? So in this particular situation, because of Jesus, uh, where he was at, he was able to discern that this, this guy didn't sin, nor did his parents sin. But this guy's in the situation so that the works of God can be displayed in him. Alright? Now, that's swallow if you're that guy. Because everybody wants to be blessed and highly favored. Highly favored. Everybody wants to be the, the lender, not the borrower. Everybody wants to quote the scripture, no weapon from them. But nobody wants to, you know, it's hard when God will entrust you, when God will entrust you, when God sees you as, as a soldier in his army. You know, I got an assignment for you. It's not pretty. It's not sexy. It's not going to be comfortable. You're not going to get paid well. But when you go through it, if you stand on my word, if you trust in me, if you don't lose heart, if you don't faint, when you get to the other side, you come out wiser. You come out sharper. You come out more mature. You know me better. When they sing a song like he heard my, you have a level of worship that comes from experience with God, not theory with God. And so when you've gone through a little something, something, and you've seen God's hand move in your life, when you was just this guy who was helpless, he was, the Bible says he was there since birth. That he was blind, that this was, that he would, nobody could help him. He couldn't help himself. He, they, you know, history, they tried. And he was begging, it goes on to say. He was begging. He was, I don't know if you've ever been begging. I don't know if you've been that desperate in a situation where you have to beg. When you're depleted of all your emotional, intellectual, financial resources and you're left with nothing. 
And so this guy is begging. So here the Bible says Jesus is going on his way. He's going on his way. And Jesus sees him. Thank God that he sees us. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said, thank God that he sees us. Thank God that he walked by you. He noticed you. Thank God that he heard somebody's cry. Thank God that he heard some. Thank God. Thank God that it didn't have to be like this. That, that I could have been still in a crack house. I could have been in prison. I could have been, I could have been, you know, cocoa, cuckoo for cocoa puffs right now. You know what I'm saying? And so thank God that, that, that when he walked by, he had a predicament and he heard somebody's cry. And, and so, alright. So now Jesus says this, very simple. He says, this guy is going through what he's going through so that God's work can be displayed in him. Right? So you gotta be mature to be able to receive that. You know, because you got to be able to understand that, that we don't live for ourselves anymore. If you're a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you understand that precious royal blood was shed at Calvary for your sins. That, that, that me and you were in bondage, a slave to our sinful life. That, that we was a slave for instant gratification. We was a slave for the next one. We was, you know, some people sought, sought, we, 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 they sought refuge in drugs. Some people try to fill the void with money, property, prestige, control, relationships. That, you know, many of us here come from a drug addiction background, but not all of us. There's like 50% of us now. It's weird. Like the normal people have snuck into the church. You know? I, I'm, when I say normal, I wasn't talking about... <laughs> all right. I'm talking about Liz, Sister Liz, you know? Your wife, maybe. Your daughter. I don't, uh, anyway. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. So, so what happens is, right, is that, so, here in this situation, we gotta be able to understand that sometimes, listen beloved, sometimes God is gonna entrust you with an assignment that, that's gonna be painful. That's gonna be uncomfortable. It's just, it's just sometimes that, and, and, and as, and we, I shared this a couple of we, uh, months ago when I preached, we're so concerned with our comfort. We want to be comfortable. We want to be happy. I want to be free. I want to tip each other the tulips. I want to be sing kumbaya, you know, and, 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 and that's wonderful. But but we got to that that we got to go from glory to glory to glory, and we go from glory to glory. There's storms and there's trials and shit, but there's valleys. You can't be in a mountaintop all the time. You got to go sometimes to a, a deep dark valley so you can experience the mountain much much more greater and better. And so so this guy, so God might give you an assignment. So that might be somebody here, but God's going to give you an assignment. You know, I think about Job, right? I think about Job, man. I think it's, you know, that, that, it messes me up a little bit. Where Satan is coming to him, God tells him, where you been, Bobby? What's going on? Right? And so I've been here and there, you know, checking things out. And, and then God tells Satan, well, you see my man Job? What do you think about my man Job? Satan wasn't, he wasn't on the radar. God put Job on blast. God said, yo, check out my man. He's doing good. He's making me in. You got some stuff working on small things. He's doing one-on-one. He got, he's going to church. Not only he's doing Sundays and Wednesdays. He's, what, do you, what do you think about it? And, and God entrusted Job with some trials and tribulations that very powerful. Very powerful. And so sometimes God might entrust you with some trials and trips. God might entrust you with something. And listen, and the Bible says clearly it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. And beyond that, it's happening for God's glory. And so 
There's another situation. I've been sick for a month on and off, right? I've been sick for a month. And as, as I, I'm a guy who learned how to take inventory of my life and to look at my life and to see if there's something in my, so I've been sick for a month. And I go to the doctor, all of February I've been sick. I've been, you know, I don't know what's going on, right? So, uh, I go to the doctors, I run all these tests. The tests come out good. There's nothing wrong here. This guy's good. The doctor told me I'm going to live for another 60 years, right? I said, okay, praise the Lord. From your, from your mouth to God's ears. I don't, you know, so that's great. So I'm talking to Gus, and I say, you know, Pastor Gus, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sick. I don't know, you know, my heart, I don't know what's going on with me. He said, I think, you know, I've done a lot, 40 years of life. I just, I just turned 40 years old. I just celebrated 22 years clean. I just been married 15 years, you know. So, so I told Pastor Gus, I, I think I'm going to die soon. He says, you're not going to die. He says, only the good die young, right? So. So I'm there, and I said, so he says, I'm not going to die. I received that. That's good. Only the good die young. Like, that's not good. Like, you, he's trying to say that. I, so is he speaking light, or he's speaking death? Like, what, cursing or bless? And so I, I said, let me just go over here, right? So, so, I, so I look at, so I said, doctor, what's, nothing's wrong with me. They do blood work. They do tests. Nothing's wrong. But I'm sick. You, you, I'm, I'm in bed. I'm sick. All right? So I said, man, this is spiritual. I said, this is spiritual. So I don't want to get high, you know, superstitious. Or, but I started looking at my life. I said, I've been sick for a month. I'm doing. So I had to ask myself, is this a demonic attack or, or is this me? Do I got something in my life that has opened the door for illness to attack me? Now, that's a hard conversation to have with yourself. Right? Because I, I, there's, there's, there's some people, some people that, you're, that you can be sick and sickness has come into your life, but God's going to do it, use it for your glory, for His glory and His honor's sake, and you're going to be blessed through it. But there's other people, there's other people, check it out. Listen, I'm going to say something that's very hard and very difficult. I'm going to be talking about it for one minute. There's other people that we do things that invite illness into our lives. My mother died of cancer. She smoked. For many, 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 many years. She had a role to play with her situation. Alright? I have, I have, we have, the lifestyle that I come from. I was very sexually active. I was living in a lot of sin, right? So you know what happened? STDs. There's certain illnesses that came into my life. This, Gus, Pastor Edwin talking to me about the way I'm eating, my eating habits. I'm just turning 40. Other people telling me, listen, if you keep eating the way you're eating, well, what happens is obesity brings diabetes, heart. So, so my point is that there's some people, some people that, listen, you're, you're, what you're going through is just God's going to show off. He's going to show up and show out in your life. It's not you. It's, you know, it's God's going to use it. Don't worry. He's entrusted you with this. Stand firm. Don't leave your post. Don't abandon your post. Don't lose heart. Don't run away. Don't be, don't throw us a pity party. Just know that God is in this and He's going to work it out. Some, some of us, some of us over here got to take an inventory of our lives and say, do I, do I have any, am I participating in anything that, that's, you know, what am I, and, and listen, this is very scary stuff what I'm talking about. Check it out. When we do communion every month, we do communion every month, right? We do communion every month. You know what we read every month? That before you take the Lord's Supper, look at your life. Check it. Because if you take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner, 
God, you're going to bring judgment upon yourself. And that's why the Bible says many of you are sick and some have fallen asleep. Some have died. So that's, that's, that's scary stuff, man. That's, that's, that's something that we got to look at and, and say, listen, it's like a warning. It's war- listen, I want you to be able to say that the Lord's discipline is coming so that when the world is condemned, you won't be condemned with the world. So sometimes lesser evils gotta, we got to deal with because so, God is trying to save us from a greater evil. Are you with me? I know this is hard, but I'm trying to help somebody here. we got to look at our lives. Listen, the devil wants us to abuse the grace of God. The devil wants to take God's grace and God's love for granted. The devil wants us to think that, oh, God loves me, God forgives me, God is merciful, God, and all that is true. But there's another side that God is just, right? And that's God's wrath. And we don't like that. We don't, we don't want God away. We want the God of our convenience. So that's, a, that, so I had to go to that for a month. So welcome to my tension. Okay, praise the Lord. Over here he says this, alright? Verse 4, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Verse 5, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now check this out. This is very simple. We had a guy here. I I don't know no simpler way to explain this. And I don't know the family members are here. We're mourning with those who mourn. We love you. We're praying for you. I don't know if the family members are here. We had a brother sitting in one of these chairs two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. He asked me for a worship CD, some music. I said, okay, I'll get you some worship. Maybe it was last Sunday. No, maybe the Sunday app before that. I said, I got your CD, your worship CD for you. He was in the thing when I got called up, somebody needed help. And I didn't get to give him a CD. The CD is still in his office. He went home and died. He went home and died. He just retired from his job. after working. And he went home and died. You know, he died. He went to be with the Lord. But it's still a sad situation. What, what am I trying to, you don't know, I don't know. You know, when, no man knows, only God knows the hours. And so what he's saying is that, yeah, there's just a time Jesus is coming and then there's a wrap. But even before Jesus comes, you, we don't have all day to, to, to pray and share with our families and our friends. And our, we don't got, we don't know how much time you, if there's someone that you love dearly, if there's someone that you really care, I mean, and, uh, someone that God has placed on your heart, then we got, we can't wait for tomorrow to share what God has done in life today. We gotta be able to do it today. Say, listen, brother, I love you. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. Listen, we don't know how much time we got. I'm sharing this because we gotta be able to share what God has, today, today. There was a guy on, on the corner, the Dominican man who used to own the, the, the store, and we used to go there every week. And we said, man, we gotta, we used to talk here, yeah, we're gonna pray for him, we're gonna minister to him. You know, we have James got saved, and we had a couple of Dominicans that come from the, you know, I always mess around with them, you know, and, and you know, we do what we do, and, right? So, we said, yo, you gotta get your cousin over there, you gotta, you gotta go get him, He's, you know. And so we said, yeah, we're gonna minister to him, you know, we, we waited too long. I think he killed him. He killed somebody. He killed himself someday. He went to jail. He killed somebody. It was an ugly situation. We don't got all day. You don't know how much time you got. And so we need to have a sense of urgency. Jesus is saying, listen, you need to get a sense of urgency. That people are hurting. People are dying. People are using. People are, are committing suicide. People are getting divorced. People are getting raped. People are getting, there's things happening now. And while we're on Facebook for five hours and watching YouTube for three hours, and while we're doing nothing with our time, the world is dying for the answer that we have. Are you, are you with me? 
And so we got to be able to share. We I we got to share the gospel. Jesus says we don't have time. We don't, the, 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 night is coming. Night is coming. Amen. Okay. So here's what it says in verse six. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Verse seven. Go, he told him, with wash in the pool of Salom. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Here's the thing that I appreciate, and I really am grateful for this, that in this particular miracle, as in many miracles here, God had to get his hands dirty for this miracle. Very powerful perspective. That in this miracle, it wasn't clean. We call this a messy miracle. We got messy miracles around the room. Where some of God had to scrape the bottom of the barrel to get a hold of your life. You know what I'm saying? That for some of us, God has to go, you know, we ran pretty deep. We was playing with the muck and the mud. We was playing in the pig's pen, some of us. Right? I know where I I'll never forget. It was like yesterday. I just celebrated 22 years clean. It was like yesterday that I was out there. Like yesterday. The pain is so real still. I know where my God saved me from. And so, so what happens is this. So he, he got, he made mud, and there's different theories about the mud. And like, he made, he got his hands dirty. He spit, and that's why, I, well, I like, I like the, this verse, because I, sometimes when I talk, I spit. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it might be anointed. You never know. Alright? So, praise the Lord. Alright. So, so, here's another thing that I thought about. I was watching, I don't I want to say the name, but I was watching a series. Me and my wife watched a couple of series. Watching a series, and there's this guy who's a Marine who's been two, he did two tours in Afghanistan. He's on this series, and the series is where they vote people off the island and stuff like that. And so, th- so this guy who's a Marine, he's big, he's strong, he's, and he, he gets something in his eye. He did two tours in Afghanistan, did this thing, he got something in his eye, and they had to take him off the show. Right? It was pretty, especially when you're preaching, when you're preparing the sermon, you're like, wow, everything is deep. Like, wow, this is deep. God, you're speaking to me. Okay, God. So anyway, so, so what happened was this, right? That this guy, Jesus puts mud in this guy's eyes. You know what I thought about? The level of irritation. You ever get sun in your eye? How, how irritating that, imagine, imagine putting mud, imagine putting mud. That it's irritating. That, that doesn't feel good. And here's what I thought about. I said, some of us right now today need to hear from God and you need to go irritate somebody. That somebody needs you to get bold in the Lord, to get a little bit aggressive, to let them be And listen, brother, I love you. I wasn't there. Listen, time is passing. I, you're hurting. You're getting ready to use. I see what's going on in your life. Brother, you've been twi- We need to go and, and sometimes we gotta irritate people so that a miracle can take place. Uh, you're not hearing me. I know it's we got to be able to tell. Listen, Poppy, I love you. How long are you going to run from God? How long? What keep? What lie are you believing that's keeping you from from God's grace? What what philosophy? What theory? No, is, 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 is the enemy making a monkey out of you? We something. We got to get aggressive. We got to get a certain. I, I was telling a story. I told us earlier. I used to do this thing in the, in the, in the shelter and in, in, in Cooper Projects. There's a shelter over there. It used to be a hospital. So I go there every Tuesday, and I teach a Bible study, and there was this Muslim brother, right, who always wanted to interrupt my Bible study and try to take it over. So, you know, so he was like, oh, yeah, but you Christians, you know, and we would go back and forth to try to be nice, and yeah, brother, I understand what you're saying, but the, and, and I got, finally, I got tired, I got tired. This is, I'm, this is my Bible study. If, if you want to teach a Bible study, make flyers, get up, go, Make, get your own Bible study. See who shows up to it. You know what I mean? 
So, so I'm teaching. So finally I said, listen, I like Popeye. I had all that I can stand. I can't stand no more. I said, check it out. I said, check it out. You know, I think Mustafa was there. Check it out, Poppy. I said, let me talk to you about something. I said, you need to take off the kufi and you stop front. And I started, I got aggressive. I said, I said some things. Like, you know, he was taking my kind. I was like, I don't like, it. Jesus wore Timberlands in my, you know, a little market, you know. You know what I mean? Like all this little nice stuff. So anyway, so I said, listen, Poppy. And I, I said, listen, let's, let's, let's go with your philosophy. Let's go with your theory. theory. You, said the, who's, you said the prophet Muhammad is the greatest prophet who ever lived, right? All praise. Okay. And you said Jesus is a prophet, right? So I'm going with his, what he said. Sometimes you got to meet people where they are. That's okay. So let's do this. You know about basketball. You know about soccer. You know about, you know, just one to zero, five zero, batting average. Home. I said, let's do this. Okay. See who is the greatest prophet who ever lived. I said, did the prophet Muhammad ever give sight to a blind person? No. As did Jesus ever give? Yes. Okay. One Jesus, zero Prophet Muhammad. I said, okay. I said, but, I said, okay. I said, okay, let's go. I said, did the Prophet Muhammad, the greatest prophet ever lived, ever raise someone from the dead? No. I said, did Jesus ever raise someone from the dead? Out of his own? Yes. Okay. You can say, good. Two for Jesus, zero for Prophet Muhammad. And, and, listen, and I went on and on and on. And I even said, listen, you guys learned. Pop my learned from Jewish scholars and Christian scholars. And he learned this stuff. And he started. I said, let's, you want to know, let's get the real deal. Let's get into it. I said, I said, you got the right to believe in what you want to believe in. But I also got the right to believe in what, And I want to tell you the truth as I see it. So he got offended because, you know, he didn't mind talking to me outside anyway in front of 50 people. But he felt really bad when I started talking to him. A little bit aggressive and assertive. So anyway, so... You know, he got upset, so he didn't talk no more. Right? He let me teach my Bible study. A year and a half later, a year, a long time later, I get a phone call. I don't know his name. This guy, I know Mustafa, whatever. And then I get a phone call. I don't talk to him. I get a message. I said, hi, uh, Pastor Raymond. This is Jerome. You probably don't know me as Jerome. But I'm Mustafa. I, I, was, I, I was the Muslim that used to bother you during your Bible study. I want to thank you for never giving up on me and putting me in my place. I've been baptized, I'm blood washed, I'm spiritual. I became a Christian. And, and so, and, and so sometimes we gotta irritate, sometimes we gotta, you gotta get, when I love somebody, I don't let, I don't stop. I, I, listen, alright, so I, just listen, if you, if God puts somebody in your heart, if you love somebody, don't stop. Don't stop. We go in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not in your presentation. It's not in your eloquent words. It's not in your, it's, it's in the anointing of God in your life. You get prayed up. You clean it. Father, I pray you soften their hearts. I pray that you give them eyes that can see and ears that can hear. I come against every demon in hell. I plead the blood of Jesus. You get powered up. You get worded up. You get spirit filled. And you go and listen. And before you finish, their heart is melted and they want God already. But you gotta be willing. You can't, we got too many closet Christians. Oh, you didn't hear me. Yeah, I said it. Got too many closet. Nobody knows they're Christian. Nobody. Alright. I'm gonna get into that. But we gotta be able to share. I share. Share the gospel. Easter's coming. We got four services for Easter. Four. We're making it for everybody can come today. Work in the morning. Four services for Easter. We got people volunteering and going all out on Easter. Easter day, they're, they're giving it to God. He gave his best on Easter, and we're giving him our best on Easter. Amen? Okay. So now, so he gets a muddy miracle, he gets messy miracle, and here's the big problem with a lot of people. Verse 7, he says this. Verse 7, he, 
Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, the word he sent. So the man went and washed and, come, and came home seeing. I, for whatever reason, I didn't mean to get into this. I could have. But the word means sent, right? It says in the Bible, the word means sent. Jesus sent him. Jesus gave him instructions. I, I'm, I'm, it's crazy how many times people have given me. I, I go to somebody, say, this is what I'm going through. I got problems. Yeah, I got this toothache. It's killing me. I don't know what to do. Say, go to the dentist. I say, oh man, you're deep. That's pretty deep. All right, thank you. And then, you know, I don't, I don't do what they told me to do. I, my, it gets worse. I'm, you know, I'm, it's crazy how many times people come to church or come to God and say, listen, I, I got this situation. I need a healing minister. I got my finances. My, I got my marriage. I got the, the, whatever it is. And then God says, here's what I want you. Go do this. Go do that. Stop doing this. Stop doing, I, I, I want to bless you. I, I got a hope in the future for you. I have plans to prosper you. I've made you the head and not the tail. I've called you to be a conqueror. I need you to follow these instructions so that you can live the abundant life. And we don't do... Can you imagine? This guy got mud in his eyes. He's ready for... He's getting ready to... Look, imagine, you know us. You know us. God just set him up for the miracle of his life. Imagine, Dennis, he would have said, uh, I don't want to go. I want to go to a different pool. I want to go to a different, I want to go someplace. Uh, that pool, that's dirty over there. Shalom is dirty. No, I don't think I want to go there. Well, can, why can't you? And, and then some of us, not here, but in the, the, the 9 o'clock service. The 9 o'clock service. Right? They would say, well, God, I don't want to. And they, they would want to tell the miracle maker, the way maker, the one who brought you out of your nightmare. They want to tell him how he should do what he wants to do. And many times, because we don't go, I think, I think about the, 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 the man with leopards, the ten leopards. Right? The ten, God told them, go show yourself to the, you know, <coughs> go show yourself to the to rabbi. Uh, and, and, and they obeyed him, and because they obeyed, he was, they was healed. Obedience is very important. Listen, you gotta, sometimes you gotta participate in what God, so many times people just wanna sit there, okay God, do the miracle, pastor pray for me, do some, you got, you gotta get up off your feet, you gotta walk into your victory, you gotta fight for your victory, you gotta fight for your children, you gotta be the blood of Jesus, you gotta take back what the devil has stolen from you. You can't sit there and just be passive. You gotta take back everything that the enemy has stolen from you. You've given authority from on high. There's power inside of you. You have the Holy Ghost. You got the Word of God. And you got the victory. There's no way you can fail unless you don't go. Unless you find some other good idea. Some other way that you think is easier and softer. So he says, go. He says, go. I want you to go. And he goes and he does it. And, and it says very clearly, the man went and washed. And he came back seeing. Now listen to me. Now this is very powerful. This is his physical. He got a, he got physical sight. Right? He had a physical problem. He had, he got I don't know if you know people who are suffering, who are illness. Listen, tr- listen to me, baby. Listen to me. God is able to heal. No, listen, listen, too many believers don't believe it. So if you doubt, James says, if you, if you doubt, then you can't have nothing from God, James says. 
You gotta know that you know that your God is able to heal. That your God is able to heal from mental illness, from, from bipolar. He can heal schizophrenia. He can heal whatever anxiety disorder you have. He can heal your physical, He can heal your back, your diabetes, your HIV. Look at your AIDS now. He can heal. God is able to heal. I don't know if you understand that He's a miracle making God. And the devil don't want you to get in touch with that because the devil don't want you to get that miracle in your life. Are you hearing me? And I'm not getting all Pentecost from you. I'm teaching the Word of God. That God is a miracle performing God. That He's into the miracle making business. And if you just trust God and allow God to do what He wants, sometimes you gotta lay down and let Him perform His surgery and there's no anesthesia. You just gotta let Him do His thing. Let Him do His thing. When you get out of that bed, you're gonna come out like shining like gold. Are you with me? I got a couple of more minutes. Here we go. So, listen. So, what happens is this. Let me just... I didn't share it. was the 9 o'clock. So, but in the beginning, from verses 1 to 7, you got the cure. Jesus is the cure. And that's what we want you to go share with people. You don't got to know the whole Bible. You don't got to have all the... You just... Listen, Jesus is the answer. Try Jesus. If you don't... Come to church. Come see some pastor, pastor Edwin. Come see Pastor Gus. Come see them. Listen... Go tell people about Jesus, what He's done in your life. They can fight about the Bible. They can fight about this. They, can fight. they cannot fight with your testimony. They can't listen. I was a dirty, filthy drug addict, and God brought me to the rooms of recovery, and He got me clean, and then He removed my blindfold. That's my story. That's my story. I, I didn't want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. But one day, He interrupted my miserable life. He got a hold of my heart. He put a purpose in my life. The love of, that's my story. You can't find, that's my story. I was lost, but now I'm found. I don't got, I don't got the depression that I used to have. I don't, it's gone. I, you, know, you know, and so what happens is this. So the guy gets set free. And all his people start coming against him. It's crazy because you think God does his miracle. The guy been blind since birth. Right? And you think, God, they'll be like, hallelujah, praise God, glory. You know, no. They say, what's up with you and this guy? Are you, uh, please don't tell me you're going to church. You're going to recovery. I said, you're going with them? You're going, you're going to be down with the God squad? Ah, uh, used to be cool, man. Used to be cool. Now, and, and they start coming against him and it gets ugly and it's more, much more significant than that. They call his parents up. So you got the cure and then you got the great controversy. Right? You got the drama that begins to take place. Because now everybody's excited that this guy, the miracle of his life just took place and they don't care. You know what they care about? What day it happened on. Religious people are crazy like that. So anyway, so, so there's a great controversy which we're not going to get into right now. Some other time you can hear about that. But then you go down to verse 35. Alright? And what happens is, you got the cure, you got the great, the con- the con- you got the controversy, and then you have the conversion or the confession. Alright, in verse 35, so he, listen, if you, he did the physical healing, and just real quick, that's what happened to me and Edwin, Pastor Edwin, right? We, we, we were spiritually blind, we were, we was drug addicts, right, in bondage, we got clean off of drugs, and addiction still ravaged our lives. So we put down one drug and substitute for other things. We didn't get, we didn't get, we didn't get delivered, we got abstinent, and we began to use other, uh, you know, one addiction or other symptoms, right? And then, with, so what happens, just like this guy here, you go to verse 35, please, right? Just like what happened here, right? Jesus had heard that he had been thrown out. You ever been thrown out? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. 
You ever been abandoned, rejected? You ever put yourself in a situation where your people that love you can't mess with you? Right? So what happened was, Jesus heard, because what happened, we was messed up, we was, we was using drugs, God brought us in rooms of recovery, that was our asylum, right? That was, that was our place. So we went to asylum, we washed, we got clean, and now we're clean, four and a half years, five years, four and a half years, five years, and we were, we was asking him, but we wasn't delivered. We wasn't saved. So what happens is, four and a half years, five years later, Jesus heard that he had been thrown out. Now, in this guy's story, is, is not that long ago, right? And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? And this is what happened to us. We got, we got clean in recovery, and then Jesus Christ later on, after he heard our prayer, after he handled our physical problem, he came and dealt with our spiritual problem. Oh, man, you don't know how, how, how the devil uses physical blessings to rob people from spiritual breakthroughs. Uh, you didn't get that one. That's all right. I say you don't know how many times the devil uses physical blessings to rob people of spiritual blessings. That they get a job or they get a wife or they get healed from an illness or God moves and they get clean from alcohol, clean from drugs. Or, and, they, and the devil gets them to settle for the physical blessing and they never get their spiritual breakthrough. They never come. In, 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 the, in the story of the ten lepers, very powerful. Ten lepers get healed. Only one comes back to worship God. Only one gets their spiritual. The other one, the other nine went with their physical blessing. They never got their spiritual breakthroughs. You know what happens when you get your physical blessing and no spiritual breakthrough? You stay in bondage. The void never gets full. You don't know what contentment is like, like Pastor Gus talked about. You don't, you don't find out what your purpose is. You, all right, I gotta go. So here's what he says. All right. So he says, Jesus heard that he had been throwing him out. And thank God that Jesus knows where we are. And when nobody, for some of us, when nobody else wanted nothing to do with us, when we got our wives through us out, our husbands through us out, when our parents, thank God that we have a God that's not a God of a, of a second chance, but he's a God of another chance. If you need three chance, then he's a God of another chance. That when he'll meet you wherever you are. And he loves you so much that he'll chase you down to prison, to Florida, wherever you go, he'll chase you down. And for some of us, he's been chasing us for years. So when God heard about him, and when he found out, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Do you believe in the Son of Man? He's asking, this is an eternal life question. Do you believe in Jesus? Have you ever confessed Christ as Lord? Have you ever confessed with your mouth? Have you ever believed? Do you know Jesus personally? Have you bowed your knee? Have you confessed that he is Lord? It doesn't matter if you come to church. I was, I was telling a story with my, my, my wife. She's here. She's singing. And me and my wife, when we got to premarital counseling uh, 15 years ago, I went and sat in front of a pastor, and he said very simply, you know, when did you get saved? When did you give your life over to Jesus Christ? And I said, and I knew, you know, it was in Brooklyn time. I, I could tell him. So he told my wife, when did you get saved? When you say, she said, I, I was in the children's choir. My grandmother took me to church. He said, that's beautiful. Your grandmother took you to church. When did you get saved? He said, yeah, you know, I went to the youth retreats and I was with the Christmas, you know. He said, yeah, I understand. That's very nice. You served the Lord. When did you give your life to Jesus? She goes, you know, I was in, when I grew up as an adolescent, I was, he said, he said, mommy, did, can you tell me when did you give your life to Jesus? It's like your clean day. It's like your birthday. It's, it's a very big deal. It's not. And, and he said, a wise old man, he said, would you like to do that today? And I was like, yeah, you better get, absolutely, get saved. Cause, you know what I mean? I said, I thought you were saved, girl. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so, but anyway, but, but they asked a very, when, when did you accept the Lord? When? So that's the question. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Do you believe? Do you believe? Have you accepted? Have you put your faith and your trust in Him? Verse, the next verse, He gives a very good, good question. Who is He, sir? 
the man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. Right? So he says, look what he says, tell me so that I'm not, don't tell me so I can fight with you. Don't tell me so I can stop. No, tell me. If you, if you know the truth, is, tell me so I can. This guy was ready to take the next step. He was ready to make a power move. He was ready to make, he was ready, he was ready to make the greatest crossover in history. So he says, tell me so that I may believe. Jesus says, you have now seen him. In fact, here's the one. Verse 38. Then the man said, Lord, good answer. Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And listen, we got too many people who get a blessing and don't know how to worship. Right? There's a stupid little story I heard one day of a little boy who was, he, he was uh, locked into the bathroom. He was locked in the bathroom. And, you know, he was going crazy. Ah! You know, locked in the banging on the door. Ah! You know, it's, <laughs> so, the, so the, you know, the parents come up running. And the kid is bugging out, you know. Bugging out. Ah! You know, back in the crazy. Like they, and so, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? Ah! He's bugging out, right? So they can't get the door open. So the father climb, climbs in. From the window, right, all the, does a Spider-Man thing, climbs and gets in the bathroom window, unlocks the door, and the kid is bugging out, but ah! all the time, hyperventilating, bugging out, going crazy. When the father opens the door, you know what the kid does? He just takes that, and he leaves. <laughs> right? He was bugging, crying, ah, bugging. When his father made a move for him, he didn't even know how to hug him, or, he said, oh, thanks, and, and when I, so many Christians are like that. God brought us out of a mighty long way. God made, God, God moved mountains. God moved, God, God did so much. Bullets to the left, to the right. Stuff, you know, for some of us stuff. You missed that train, you have no idea what happened. We got in that car and, you know, time, you made that, you did that bid and you're still alive and so many things that the stuff that you went through was made for worse, but God made it lesser and God got you through. So much! And we we got to be able to worship Him. You know, worship me. Worship is not singing. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is living in a way that says, I, "Listen, I know where you brought me out of. I know what you did for me. I was dark. It was nobody was there. Like the man, all my life I was empty. All my life I was chasing. All my life nothing would fill me. And you came in like a flood and you warmed my heart. And when nothing worked, you came in and you never gave up on me. And I cursed your name and I denied your existence. And you came and you chased me down. Your love was such a stubborn love where you would not give up. Your love was relentless chasing me down. And I don't know where I'd be without your love. And after you saved me, I still spit in your face. And I trampled the blood. And I went my own way many times. And your love chased me down. And because your love is so good. Because your love is so good. I want to worship you. I don't want to live for myself no more. I don't want to live for my fleshly passions and my desires that are here today. So we're going to close, right? We've got to get out of here. But as God blesses you, right now I believe some people here, need, you need prayer. I believe some people here, uh, maybe you don't know the Lord. You know, you never accepted the Lord. So we're going to pray for a couple of minutes. Maybe somebody's sick here. But listen, we have a God that heals. Maybe you have a marriage that's on, you know, it's not going good. And you don't want to tell nobody. And you're bugging it. And God wants to touch that marriage. You, have a, you need prayer. You know your story. And you need prayer. And listen, a sermon is wonderful. But there's nothing like the presence of God. 
There's nothing like the heaven falling down upon us and molding and shaping us and delivering us and setting us free. There's nothing like the spiritual surgery that takes place in the presence of God. No sermon, no pastor, trust me, nothing. We're going to do that. Okay, we're going to pray and we're going to have a morning prayer. The pastors are going to pray. But as you go, this is what I want you to do. As God blesses you, I want you to become a blessing for someone else. As God moves in your life, I want you to tell, tell, tell somebody, tell, go share. This thing is about sharing what Jesus Christ has done in your life. It's about letting people know that God is alive and well and still cares and still hears and is standing up to go chase after them. Are you with me? So after the sermon, after we're done praying, I want you to go. I want you to go talk to your people. Let them know God is alive and well. He loves them. That He's not mad at them. He knows divorces. He knows the sexuality. He knows everything. And He loves them. Are you with me? Don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. Amen. Stand with me. We're going to sing a song. And then we're going to pray. As the song is playing, only if it's serious. If you need prayer, the pastor will come up and pray for you. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. If you need prayer, you need God. The sermon might have been okay, but you need the power of God in your life. So we're going to open up the altars. As the music is playing, the altars are open. You can come up. The pastor is going to pray for you. They're going to sing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need prayer, just come on up. Don't worry about it. Thank you, Lord. We need you. We need you, Lord Jesus. We need you today, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Change us today, oh God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. And I will I be Lord. Holy Spirit, we fight the Spirit of God. Perform a surgery in our hearts, oh God, in our minds, oh God.
I see you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you, sister. Anyone else? Praise the Lord. We're going to say that. We're all going to say this prayer with them. Those that raise their hand, we're going to say it with them. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. And thank you that you died on the cross for me. I receive you. I believe you. Be my God. Sit on the throne of my life. Guide me and lead me. Show me how you want me to live. And give me the power to follow after you. I understand. I can't do this in my own power. I need you, Jesus. Have your way in my life. Change me. Do what you want. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give me a clap off from right where you are. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.